Today's episode of Inside Gaming Daily is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Go to expressvpn.com slash inside. Hey everybody and welcome back to Inside Gaming Daily for Friday. New consoles have been out for a little while now and so it's time to say one final somber yet respectful farewell yes to the last generation of gaming hardware. Yes. Yes. Halle, halle, halle. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It's easy to get caught up in the new console hype with all the talk of improved frame rates and load times, but today we thought it'd be nice to stop, take a breath, and take a longing, wistful look back at the life of the PS4 and the Xbox One to remember the good times that we shared. Yeah, now we won't be talking about the Wii U or the Switch today because, well, Nintendo pretty much erased the history of the Wii U by bringing its biggest games to Switch. And if we included the hybrid console in this video, then we wouldn't be able to make a completely different video whenever, you know, the rumored Switch Pro launches. The PS4 launched on November 15th in 2013, followed by the Xbox One a week later, which was launched on November 22nd. If you need a quick flashback to set the tone, Obama was president. People got mad at Miley Cyrus for twerking. Mm -hmm. And the final season of Breaking Bad aired and a guy named Edward Snowden leaked some highly classified information from the NSA. Mm. Turns out it was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt the whole time. However, before all of that, and even before the launch of the PS4 and the Xbox One, Microsoft had already destroyed any chance they had of beating Sony at a console war in 2013. Yeah, despite having sold 80 million Xbox 360s and coming off the lead in terms of popularity with many gamers at the time, under the leadership of good old Don Matrick, the messaging behind the Xbox One was so convoluted and displeasing that it already lost them the fight. Early messaging around the Xbox One suggested it would always have to be online. You wouldn't be able to play used games. It wasn't possible to buy an Xbox One without a Kinect. And lastly, the price point was set too high at $500, which was 100 more than the PS4. If the physical media issues didn't piss people off enough, the Kinect had already kind of worn its welcome down on the 360 with a slew of buggy motion games. And even though Xbox promised to do cool new things with the Kinect, like face recognition, voice control, and added game features, People felt that they were being forced to pay a premium for an extra device they did not need or want. Yeah. Han Solo. So to top it off, early messaging around the Xbox One also seemed to highlight a multimedia experience over gaming, and it was just a unanimously and unabashedly bad premise to launch a new console at the time. It also didn't help that every step of the way, Sony was right there with the PS4, and a solution to every problem had with the Xbox One. Uh, we heard you can't play or share games on the Xbox One. That's weird. Powerbox can do that. And that's mm -hmm. all it took. Needless to say, the PS4 absolutely crushed the Xbox One at launch. And even though the team at Xbox has brought us so many cool things since, like elite controllers, adaptive controllers, Game Pass, xCloud, uh, there wasn't anything they could have done, though, to close the gap on such a large lead. And honestly, it's a testament to Microsoft's tenacity, the leadership shakeups, and probably Phil Spencer himself, friend of the show, that they turned it all around. Sure, the Xbox One has sold around maybe roughly 48 million consoles to PS4's 113 million. But when you compare the PS4 and the Xbox One today, they feel like they're kind of on equal footing when it comes to their performance and the types of gaming experiences you have. So because Microsoft was able to correct course on all of the sticking points, the new console generation sales race certainly feels like it's going to be at least a little closer than it did way back in 2013. Of course, it wasn't just the Xbox One's failures that allowed the PS4 to achieve such great heights. There was an effective strategy built around a solid console on Sony's part. So yeah. they weren't just <laughs> counting on Xbox to step on a rake. <laughs> yeah. It started at launch by leaning into the indie game scene to show players that there was a large variety of games to play on the PS4, but it ultimately came down to exclusives, which 
Woo. They won. Ooh, they did. Sony was the underdog the previous generation with the PS3, but by the end of its life cycle, the console had raised critical acclaim with exclusive games and franchises like Uncharted, you got The Last of Us, you got God of War, you got Infamous, you got Journey, you got Demon's Souls, and even Ratchet and Clank made a bit of a comeback. Mm-hmm. Damn! PlayStation doubled down on what was working when they launched the PS4, and even though Killzone Shadowfall was there at launch for all of us. <laughs> Exclusives like Knack left more than a little to be desired. That's where a marketing push for indie games like Rezogun, Rogue Legacy, Luftrausos, and Transistor came in to hold the line until we would get games like Uncharted 4 and Bloodborne. And look, we got a lot more to talk about, but first, let's talk about your pubic afro. This Black Friday, make sure you don't get caught with your pants down and your pubes out. Today's episode of Inside Gaming Daily is brought to you by Manscaped. I got a product that's gonna be higher on your Christmas list than the PS5. Yes, the PS5, it looks very good, but you know what's gonna look better? is your balls in the mirror after uh, trimming them with the lawnmower 3.0. The global leader in men's below the waist grooming are here to save your family jewels from another nick or cut. Move on from the bots and join the manscaped movement. Come on. Look, nobody wants to cut their balls whilst shaving, okay? No one. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The next gen PS5 may be here, but the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 takes you to the next generation of male grooming. Be strategic this holiday season. Attack your pubes with the right tools for the job and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash inside. Your balls are gonna thank you. Let me tell you. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash inside. And one last time, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash inside. Stop camping behind the Christmas tree and up your grooming game, all right? Thank you, Manscaped. All right, we're back and holding vials of blood fiending to talk about Bloodborne some more, so let's run it back and make a note of the greatest games from the last generation. In retrospect, when we look back between 2013 and 2020, it's pretty easy to see the narrative really solidify around PlayStation exclusives becoming an overwhelming tour de force. It's not that the Xbox One failed to deliver really solid experiences or ambitious exclusives over the years. It's just when you put the two libraries back to back, it's clear that Sony is operating on a very different scale when it comes to their flagship titles, as in people are excited about them and want to play them. Hey, ReCore was a big deal. You're right, I'm sorry. Early on, Microsoft introduced Rise, Son of Rome, and revived Killer Instinct, and people loved. They also helped uh, bring the first Titanfall to life, which would go on to spawn Titanfall 2 and eventually Apex Legends. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Sunset Overdrive released in 2014, and it's one of the most underrated games of the generation. Sunset Overdrive rules. Yeah, that game uh, rips. That game rips, yes. Then came Halo 5 Guardians. B- okay, whatever. That was in 2015, yeah. which built off the already device of Halo 4, so chalk that up as you will. Uh, no, they had some fans, it almost seems like people are still trying to forget those games. Ori and the Blind Forest is an exquisite platformer. Then Gears of War 4 came out in 2016, and it was a solid entry. Xbox exclusives in 17 introduced Halo Wars 2, Forza 7, and the actual highlight here, Cuphead. Which is now available on everything. And the Netflix show. Yes. 2018 brought us Forza Horizon 4, Sea of Thieves, and we got Gears 5 in 2019, which brings us to 2020, where we got another Ori, that's Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Gears mm. Tactics, and of course, Grounded. 
It's kind of. Age. The game's not really out yet, but... Yeah, it's early access. So sure, the year isn't over yet, but now we are getting into cross-gen territory, but also with Halo Infinite and the medium being delayed to next year, this is a pretty good place to end the Xbox list of exclusives. You know, for eight years of games, it's a, it's a pretty good list of entries that, you know, we didn't include everything. Shouts out to, you know, any Quantum Break fans out there. We see you. Uh, but let's jump over to the Sony side of things. Oh, now we're talking my language, Oh my baby. god. Starting in 2013, PS4 launched with Killzone, Shadowfall, and the legendary Knack. Admittedly mm -hmm. a slow start, but at least things ramped up in 2014 with Infamous Second Son and Metal Gear Solid V Ground Zeroes. And PT, which was just a demo, but uh, changed the horror genre forever. And of course, in 2015, we got Metal Gear Solid V, Phantom Pain, as well as the Order 1886 classic. <laughs> Yeah, but the real flagship gone. title that year was, of course, the greatest game that anyone would ever make, Bloodborne. Mm. Mm. So, trade mind to peak. Yeah. Uncharted 4 hit in 2016, which we'd already mentioned, but then The Last Guardian, No Man's Sky, and Persona 5 also dropped that year. Then Horizon Zero Dawn released on the PS4 in 2017, along with Uncharted Lost Legacy, which made a pretty strong case for those smaller scale AAA games. Mm -hmm. Oh, and 2018 really picked up with the epic return of the God of War himself, Kratos, and the Ooh. debut of Marvel's Spider-Man 2019 had Days Gone, Shenmue 3. Okay. Classic. Okay. Uh, this year. Huge hits. <laughs> But this year may have been PS4's strongest yet, with four really strong exclusives, Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Dreams, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. You can even throw Miles Morales in there if you want to count cross-gen. So yeah, it's a stellar list of games. You put it side by side, year by year, next to the Xbox lineup, feels a little mean. Uh, however, more than exclusives, one of the defining characteristics of this past generation has been the evolution and general increase in quality of multi-platform games. Yeah, we've seen franchises like Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty completely evolve and shift around changing trends in the industry, and it'll be especially interesting to see how things pan out as we careen into the new generation. If there's one section to look at as a turning point in the last generation, it's probably somewhere between 2015 and 2018. We saw Witcher 3 come to consoles, with PC, and we saw it become more of a standard with multi-platform games, which is cool. Uh, PUBG officially released in 2017, and it kicked off that whole Battle Royale craze a little before it would go on to inspire Fortnite. Uh, inspire is a really funny way of putting it, because Fortnite just stole everything. Then mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Overwatch helps legitimize esports, then you have Resident Evil 7, Tetris Effect, and Beat Saber for VR. Overall, the quality of third-party games has been pretty, pretty, pretty good. I know that show. Yeah. Big good. Not to mention you had Nier Automata, Sekiro, Titanfall 2, Destiny 1 and 2, and Red Dead Redemption 2 all make an inspiring mark this generation, and indie games that have never been better on consoles with the likes of Celeste, Hollow Knight, Outer Wilds, I Could Keep Going. It's just the list goes on. Speaking of Destiny, games as a service is certainly on the spotlight of this generation, and it has been almost heartbreaking to see games like Avengers and Anthem take such a hard swing and just whiff it. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. 2016 is also particularly notable because it introduced the half-step console for PlayStation, the PS4 Pro, and of course Microsoft would follow suit with the Xbox One X, and of course we're likely to see half-step consoles again with this next generation. I mean, Microsoft has one out the gate with the Series S. Now the generation isn't completely over yet, Cyberpunk still hasn't come out as of this recording, and there are going to be more than a few other cross-platform games that will make looking back at this generation Interesting. The last thing to note, though, is that this past console generation also faced COVID-19, and while many games have been delayed or canceled, and although digital sales have been up, reports have been estimating that we won't actually see the major impact of COVID on the games industry 
until next year. Yeah, I feel like we're just going to have like a year where nothing comes out. <laughs> nothing comes out. <laughs> like no. all the games that were in early development and stuff. Oof. Good. I have so many games that I still need to I play. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. And that brings us to now. We are sorry. We know that was a lot, but hopefully you had fun. You know what? F- that. I don't apologize for that's it's right. been a good few years of gaming, yes. and you needed it read back to you. As we move into the new generation of console hardware, the strategies of the Xbox and PlayStation have been refined, but once again, they're taking very separate approaches to similar end products. Sony is going to continue to focus on what's worked for them in the past, creating masterful first-party exclusives. In turn, Microsoft is leaning into accessibility and services like Game Pass and buying every single studio under the sun, presumably to make exclusives for them in order to gain an edge and potentially fill the hole where more well-crafted Xbox exclusive experiences should have been in the past. Xbox is trying to get every hole filled. Ooh, trying to fill that's that right. hole. Not just Phil filled, Spencer, not just you know? filled, but stuffed. Stuffed, stuffed Spencer. Dude, yeah. So who will come out on top in the end? Well, we do, of course, because we get to play all the games. But if you were more interested in whether or not the PS5 will have a better generation of gaming than the Series X, well, we'll let you know in another eight-ish years when we're making some more evergreen holiday content to push on YouTube during a day off. So, uh, see you then. Yeah, we'll definitely still be around in eight years. Only on Neo Inside Gaming X. <laughs> yeah, Chrome sure. edition.